Mm, for sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200 foot podcast. I'm Peter. And I'm Sarah. We are back for another episode. This is fantastic. Um, I know for me, this week was definitely a lot. Uh, just you know, not 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 really so much in hockey, although there were, you know, there was some stuff going on in hockey, but just uh just in terms of like, you know, stuff that I had to do, like uh, it's near the end of the year and teaching. So we have hours of dumb paperwork that we have to fill out where it's like kind of ridiculous and it doesn't matter and nobody really cares, but we still have to do it. So that sucked, but <laughs> we got through just it. Like, just like a real job. <laughs> I know. Right. I know it's, it's, um, you know, it's interesting how much, uh, how much non-teaching stuff goes into teaching. Oops. <laughs> bang the desk. Uh, <laughs> I really want to emphasize my point. So I bang the desk with my elbow, like, like people do. Um, <laughs> uh, so how was your week? It was pretty good. Uh, you know, at my job, I'm not a teacher. I wouldn't be able to handle teaching. I am one of the many marketing people <laughs> on hockey Twitter. Uh, you know, we have our kind of our big meeting, virtual meeting is next week. So I'm going to be sitting, staring into a video chat room that is much less exciting than what we're doing now. So this is going to be the best conversation I have for the next week. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, like, like the last part was good that, you know, there were I don't know if that's a... an in, if that's an insult to you or a compliment, but we're going to take it as a compliment. <laughs> I will. I, I think that was the spirit in which it was given. So I'm going to, I'm going to take it as a compliment. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we were looking around for some things to discuss and uh, probably like the biggest thing happening in hockey right now is the, you know, some of the playoff races, but we, we talked about that at last episode. Um, and it would be kind of weird if we did another episode, just basically here's all the stuff we talked about last week, but two weeks later, uh, they haven't really, it hasn't really changed right. much or at all. Exactly. Um, so we decided uh, we we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to start off the episode by talking a little bit about um, the uh, the player that our um, our mutual friend and colleague uh, JJ calls uh, bleach mayonnaise. I think the term was. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that cat. was. It. <laughs> Cat is trying to walk. She's trying to give her opinion on Patrick Marlowe. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps, perhaps, but we might decide to, uh, to, 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 you know, to let us know how she feels about him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it seems like the general, the general feeling was like him. Really? <laughs> that uh, that he would break a record uh, that has stood for so long and was. Uh, set by Gordie Howe. Yeah, you know, you said Jay calls him bleach mayonnaise. I called compared him to a potted plant in a dentist office reception area. Um, <laughs> as far as his excitement and appeal, and it's not his fault, but it's just 
he gives that vibe of, you know, the guy at the company who they're like, he's been here for 40 years. And it's like, yeah, but he didn't really do anything. <laughs> he was, like he was, he was there and he did his, and he did his job, but he wasn't like the face of the company or the CEO or anything. So it's, you know, everyone felt like they were trying really hard to make him dynamic and interesting. But again, he's just like a potted plant. So it's, it was admirable that they, they were trying so hard. And I, I don't feel bad for him, but I'm not like impressed either. <laughs> I mean, what well, what do I know? Me and my NHL experience, but you know, it, it seems like he'll never be like, you know, he'll be in the record book technically, but no one's going to be like, oh, he's now Mr. Hockey. It'll be like, who? Right, <laughs> <Whatever>. right. <laughs> he didn't do anything. He doesn't have any trophies other than longest living <laughs> career. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like if um you know, if you were under us development, he would be Anne replaced by a different actor each, <laughs> each season. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird because I like to think that I'm kind of up to date on what's happening in hockey. And then especially this year, like maybe the past couple of years, but especially this year, it kind of feels like things are catching me by surprise. And the, the Marlowe thing was definitely one of them because it's like I know I knew that he was he had been in the league for a while, but like I, I genuinely think that if you had told me, you know, because I, 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 you know, I don't watch I don't watch their games. I don't uh, you, you know, I don't really see him play. If you had told me that a, a current NHL player was a few games away from breaking the games played record and you gave me 10 chances to guess who it was i don't think i would have guessed him if you just said name nhl players he would be <laughs> like number 200 yeah I, think, I finally get to yeah i think if you had if you had asked me to do that i think i would have guessed joe thornton before patrick marlowe yeah it's um, like you're not even the most not even like maybe in the top five iconic players in your organization, but they're trying to make you the icon of the NHL. And again, it's not like his fault. Yeah, He's doing, he's showing up and doing his job, but you know, he doesn't have, I don't know, the accolades, mm. which I hate to say, but it's true. Well, I mean, I, I think there, there's something that I kind of find interesting about this on like a kind of like a more global scale is that, Oh, <sighs> Patrick Marlowe is so boring. I know. <laughs> I know. Yawning. It's crazy. It, it's one of those things. Like we've talked about this before. Like I think off the air because it's not a, 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 a really gripping podcast subject. But um, how sometimes like you don't even feel tired and you just have this thing where like like you yawn every like two minutes and like you can't stop. Um, I'm I'm a little worried I might be entering that, but um. So, so the, you know, the, like, like the NHL is a league that is notorious for not being notorious. Like, like it's notorious for having like white bread players, you know, who are, it's, it's like, I'm going to endorse a car dealership. Like, it's not that that's bad or anything like that, but it's not, I don't know. Like, like uh, when you compare it to other professional sports in America, 
or, you know, that take place in America, because obviously it takes place in Canada as well. But, if you, you know, if you, if you think of like the other kind of major professional sports, like hockey seems to or probably doesn't seem to. I think it's probably pretty clear it does. You know, it has like the least amount of personality for its players, like almost all of them. And it kind of seems like if players get too much of a personality there's like a giant backlash right like i'm thinking yeah, of like I mean, we saw that with Subban. Yeah, exactly yeah. he's like the one you know not that he's the only person but like it's kind of seems like in the last like maybe five years or so he's probably like the one really big kind of person who really had this personality and it was like people outside of hockey knew about it and they liked it and it's like yeah, that's what you need. You need to, if you want to grow the game, you can't grow the game keeping the same people you have. You have to get more. You have to get new yeah. ones. You don't need interchangeable <laughs> Patrick Marlowe's. You need, like, you know, I was thinking, you know, the Caps had their, you know, their summer of fun, but then that was it. They reverted back into wallpaper. Like, Ovechkin has his own cereal, but you don't see any really funny, awkward commercials of him, like, pouring cereal and eating it. And, <laughs> like stumbling through lines that would be great but yeah it's just ovos if you're in the dc area go get it, yourself some ovos is, is that really what it is yeah oh my I god think, or ovet maybe it's ovechkinos, I don't ovechkinos? Know. I've never bought it. oh my god actually like i haven't been to the store <laughs> in a year so. oh, oh but like, <laughs> i was just thinking um one thing that we can talk to our our upcoming guests we have uh we have a fantastic guest coming up soon shana goldman uh now that i think about it uh she one thing that i know about her from twitter is that she is very well known in the hockey twitter community for being somebody who will seek out and try every flavor of Oreo that is possible to find. Um, so when you said, when you said that the cereal could be called something like Oreos, I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. So we definitely have to ask her about that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it, like, it, I don't know. It's, it's amazing to me that like the NHL kind of never misses a chance to miss a chance. <laughs> or misses opportunity, I guess is probably the they're, better way to say they're, it. They're the real Darren Helm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, and you know, I think this is kind of like the perfect example where I should know, you know, as a hockey fan, as somebody who follows the game, it's bad that I don't know that I didn't know that he was the player that was closing in on it until like a week ago or like whatever, you know? Yeah. I was also surprised there was no season long hype or, you know, or it'd be like, he's 20 games away. He's 10 games away. It was like, Oh, he's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, if there's like play the high rate light reel, I'd be like, I can't think of one highlight. That <laughs> he has. And I mean, again, I'm not, you know, watching the games either, but like you said, I would have thought Joe Thornton, like that would have been my guess also. Yeah. Oh man. Oh boy. But I like the one thing I can think of is like, kind of like the, uh, the stories about like him and like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, where he was kind of like their surrogate father when he played with the Maple Leafs. Like, like that's pretty much the only thing I can kind of think of. Um, 
And then there was like the videos of all the people that were like, you know, congratulating him on, you know, like reaching the milestone. And one of them was uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Um, and like in that video, they actually had like some personality, like they were actually like trying to be funny, which you never see. Although now that I think about it, I wonder if like a, a common topic that Sarah and I talk about offline is just how bad the NHL network commercials are that like when you watch NHL TV or like anything like that, where you have to see the same commercials, every commercial break, the one where they have like the hockey players are like looking at the ink blot. <laughs> it's like, I wonder like, is it, it for me? It's like, is it a chicken or egg thing? Is it like, is it that they have no, like, like they're not funny or is it just that like the commercial is just so bad that nobody could be funny in it? Um, cause I think they're supposed to be funny. Like, like, I think that's supposed to be a humorous commercial, but it's not like they at squeeze, all. They squeeze the fun. They squeeze <laughs> the fun right out of it. <laughs> I'm reminded of, I think it was, okay. I, it was John Tavares and Jonathan Taves. Remember that it was like a year or two ago where they were sitting at the couch, sitting on the couch, facing each other and they were talking oh, yeah, yeah. and it was just like, Oh my God. It's like, it's like negative personality, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Cause I was thinking about some of the old like Red Wings promos where it's like Yuri Hoodler and Henrik Zetterberg playing chess <laughs> and he's like, check Swede. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that's, that's kind of funny. Like I'm trying to but remember. It's like dorky. It's dorky funny, yes. which is better than bland nothing um because it's funny because it's awkward yes like they're when they are uncomfortable or but it's like you know they have fun in them because you know again at least for the red wings since that's who i watch the kind of like extra segments where it's like they're taking personality quizzes and it's like what broadcaster are you and jimmy howard was like if i get john keating i swear to god (laughs) (laughs) you know they're like chirping at each other and and it's fun but you don't you don't get that outside kind of your own fan base so maybe marlo is really funny and has like (laughs) lots of little quips that he does but no one else knows about it yeah um one thing is uh Where's his like one super fan? Tweet me, Patrick yeah. Marlowe, super fan one on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Tweet me, you coward. Um, <laughs> Tell me why he's interesting. Yeah. So actually, what's funny is we kind of got, uh, and, and actually it was, it was me that did it. We, we kind of got off off the original topic we were thinking about talking about with Patrick Marlowe, which is now that he has passed the record, the question that a lot of people have been talking about because it seems to be like the one thing that like whenever something happens, hockey journalism has, has to talk about is, is he going to be in the hall of fame? Um, so I guess Sarah, so, so two, a two part question. Number one, is he in your opinion? And number two, should he be in your opinion? I think he will be because he's not controversial i mean or interesting but on the you know that's the flip side is there's nothing you know it's kind of an easy pick um to just kind of cross it off your list um and then not have to argue about it like it's easier to just not have to argue about it and just let him in Mm. um as far as should he be i think i'm more i'm in favor of kind of a smaller a small hall (laughs) argument (laughs) um where it's like 
yeah, he played a lot of games. But again, it's like I said, that employee thing where it's like 40 years of the company. Okay, great. You were healthy and kept up your talent, but you weren't ever like an all-star. You weren't, you know, I also don't want to be like, if you didn't win a cup, you're worthless. Mm. Like, no, but there's nothing kind of that. I don't I hate the term wow factor because that makes me sound like an idiot, but <laughs> the X factor that he has. So I don't know. I think, I guess, I guess I'm a no and people can tell me why I'm wrong, but I just don't see anything other. Like, I don't think longevity should be the determination mm-hmm. because if Luke Clendenning sticks around for 25 years, he shouldn't be in the hall of fame either. <laughs> no matter how many face-offs he wins. I was just going to say, Sarah, have you heard about how good he is at face-offs? Because, um, <laughs> You know, if, if you play 25 years and you win all those face-offs, I don't know. I think there's an argument. Um, just just as I, I don't I don't think this would happen. I'm pretty sure people know what you meant, but just you know, just to make sure you you know you don't get any comments about it. Um, when you said all-star, I think you were referring to like an all-star caliber player all the time, as opposed to you know, because you know, yeah. he did play in a couple all-star, you know, he, he has played in the all-star game, but you know, you're referring to kind of like the level of talent yes, as opposed, yes. yeah. Just, just, just kind of the trying team, to head that team, off in a case. A team star. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for heading that off. A team, <laughs> a team star. He's not the, the guy. He's not the guy. Yeah. He's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. What I mean, about I, you? I, I, I agree. I agree that he will be. I kind of think that, regardless of anything else unless there was like a real reason to keep him out, like you said before, like, you know, he's, he's not like a controversial person. Like if he was somebody who I, I don't know. I don't know. Almost like the hockey version of like Dennis Rodman or something like that. You know, (laughs) I mean like the hockey version of Dennis Rodman doesn't really exist. Uh, You know, I mean like, you know, there's been some players, especially in the past. And I think you could kind of say that, but especially now, you know, it doesn't really exist anymore. Um, you know, you know, unless he kind of had something where, you know, you could point to him, like all the, all the, uh, the people that are going to make the decision could point to him and be like, Oh, we don't want to reward that or, or like whatever. Um, you know, if you break a record like that, I think it's pretty much your ticket. I think that's pretty much you're going to get in. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I do think we're in agreement. The idea, I like, you know, as Chris Watkins calls it, the Hall of Very Good, um, <laughs> you know, where it's like, it's kind of probably easier to get in the NHL Hall of Fame than it should be. Um, I think they probably should be a little bit more stringent. Um, but at the same time, I think they... I think the in in some ways I think oh there's Stevie. <laughs> in some ways I think that they should um open it up a little bit more but I'm talking about in regards to like women players because it seems like now they're they're doing this thing where they're like okay we could put one woman player in a year you know and in 150 years we're going to be caught up to where we should be or you know I mean obviously I'm I'm being hyperbolic um but it's like you know right now there are way more than one I mean, you know there's you know way more deserving women's hockey players from history that pro- that should be in the hall of fame. You know, if, if you're making a true hockey hall of fame and not just NHL hall of fame, which I think is, you know, sometimes people think about it that way. Yeah. And you know, the thing about that way, because it kind of is that way right yeah. now. 
And, you know, it's a good point. If you're going to expand it, you know, don't expand it. Just, you know, say, well, if you broke a, break a record, you're in. Yeah. Like, women break records. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you need to just pay attention. You need to pay attention to them. Yeah. And evaluate them fairly. And, you know, you'll be surprised what you find. You just have to make the effort. Yeah. And then before, um, you know, before we go to the interview, um, we wanted to mention, uh, I had talked about this as a potential topic and it, we kind of went, you know, what a shock. We kind of went longer than I thought we would on the, <laughs> the Marlowe thing, which seems to be uh, the MO. And I, I guess now that Jay's not here any longer, I, I guess the common factor is me. So, I, <laughs> 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 so I'll take the, the, the credit slash blame for, uh, for, for segments going longer than they should. Um, uh, you know, Zdeno Chara is reaching his 1600th game uh, on Saturday, which is the day that we're recording this. Um, so, you know, awesome. Great. Uh, <laughs> you know, now it, 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 it's interesting because he kind of is a little bit more of an interesting player than the average NHL player. I think like there's every time you hear like a, like, you know, people talk about him. Like if you listen to like, uh, you know, like, like the 31 thoughts podcast, where, you know, where Jeff Merrick's talking about, you know, stories about char or something like that, or like any of the things where like, you know, the hockey journalists are talking about, you know, Oh yeah, here's some great stories. You know, there's stories about like him. Uh, I forget the details. I'm going to mess it up, but like, like, uh, in the off season, like the amount of biking he does is like superhuman. It's like almost like, you know, Iron Man triathlon, like competitive, like, you know, like that level of bike riding where he just will like bike up a mountain or like or something, you know, something crazy. Uh, and, you know, I think he he's kind of one of those players that is is a little bit larger than life compared to most NHL hockey players, even the stars, you know, maybe because he is larger than life. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's because he is physically <laughs> larger than life. <laughs> and, you know, I think, you know, that that was kind of the hook that, you know, once you're interested, then you do do deeper dives and you find out people ride bikes up mountains or play the accordion or are really good at hungry, hungry hippos, whatever it is. <laughs> but, you know, if you don't have a reason to kind of do that deep dive, you're not going to. And with Chara, he's enormous. And that was, you know, a, what made him different. And then you kind of want to, you watch him more closely. He's really good, obviously. And then you just keep, keep doing that deep dive and find out all this fun stuff about him. Um, I mean, some players, I guess you could dive and you'd never find anything fun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I just scared my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Stevie creeping into frame from your left a minute ago. It was very cute. I just scared her away talking about Chara. <laughs> oh. so. Well, I mean, it is fitting. You know, he's uh, he definitely. Uh, I think. I think if any of my pets saw a six foot nine gentleman, uh, I think. I think they might be scared of him too. But it's it's so weird to think about him as a capital. Yeah. So it's always like, you know, I'm never gonna. Think of that him as that. I see him wearing the uniform. I see him in the games. Yeah. I see him standing next to Anthony Mantha and realize, oh, Mantha's actually pretty tall. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just it's just odd. And you know, they just played the uh, the Bruins, I think, two games ago, and kind of had the. I guess they were in Boston, and since they have some fans in the building, we're able to kind of give him a hello salute and you know, a nice, a nice tribute. 
um, and then be like threatened by him and menaced by Char turning on his own teammates. Exactly. Going after, going after Brad Marchand, which, you know, we could maybe all agree with. I know. I mean, actually, you know, that, that definitely endears me more to him. Yeah, he's uh, not afraid to, to have a scrap with his friends. Yeah. Now enemies. Yeah. Um, well, we have a, a, a friend coming up, not definitely not an enemy. So uh, we're going to stop here. We're going to go to a commercial. And then when we come back, we are going to be back with Shana Goldman for our interview segment. We'll see you soon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So welcome back. Uh, our guest today is um, a a returning champion. She's she's been on before. I, when we came back from the, uh, I guess I could call it a hiatus. It was like a year long break. Uh, I was I was like, oh wait, I remember like just before we start, just before we stopped, I remember we were talking about getting Shayna on, and then my brain is so broken that I forgot that we actually did that. Um, so anyway, we have Shana Goldman uh, back with us. Um, she does so many awesome things. Um, she covers the Rangers for the athletic um, for, uh, Oh my God, blue shirt banter. I, I for, for a second, I was going to say like the broad street one. I was like, no, that, that that's, that's not right. Um, she is, uh, one third of the uh, Too Many Men podcast, along with Allison Lucan and Sarah Sivian. Um, she makes awesome face masks and scrunchies, um, and probably a bunch of other stuff that I can't even remember. But Shana, welcome back. How are you doing? What's going on? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I, it's so funny when I hear like the intros, I'm like, wow, sounds like a lot of stuff. And I'm like, okay, like I should take note of like having a bad day, take note of these. Be like, here's my confidence booster. <laughs> exactly yeah i mean if you want i can just like kind of record it and just like yeah, send it to play you it on loop. Yeah. there you go yeah there you go you know what i'll do i'll make it my voicemail and then yeah, there you you every just, time call. just call like, <laughs> yeah. just press the fu button and i'll just listen <laughs> <laughs> oh, i never i never heard it called that the fu that's button a, i'm see i'm being good that's a censored version <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah um i was uh uh uh, the other day, I, w- I came across an article on uh, Kotaku, and it referred to like a video game backlog as the pile of shame, <laughs> like all the book, all the video games that you bought and you never played. And I was like, I would That's never, fair. I would never call it that though. But like, I, I guess it's a thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting. I feel alive. that. Yeah. Like, I don't get to play as I buy things and like I barely have time to play all the time and like I do feel shame looking at them and my friends will shame me be like well you have this this and this and don't touch it so it's fair well um one of the things I was thinking is I remember like back when uh Jay was the co-host that we talked about we talked about all these ideas for different like like episodes that we wanted to do and we had talked about having a guest on and then not talking about hockey at all and i was just thinking as we were talking i was like 
we probably could do that, but um, we are gonna we are gonna talk about hockey. Um, but before we do, uh, Sarah and I were talking about something in the first segment that we recorded, where we were talking about um, hockey player personalities or lack thereof, and one of the things that she had mentioned because uh, she lives in the DC area that there is an Ovechkin cereal that I was unaware of. And apparently it's called Ovios. And of course that made me think of Oreos. And so um, I thought we could start by talking a little bit about, um, well, I'll let you kind of talk a little bit more about it, but like, what what are your flavor of Oreos and why do you think I might be asking you? (laughs) So which ones do I think are the best? Yeah. Okay. In recent, I'm not going to go through like the whole log of them because there's so many. In recent batches, the Brookio is very good. Um, the chocolate peanut butter pudding pie was excellent. And that had like a, I think it was a graham cracker cookie to be like a graham cracker crust. Really good. Dark chocolate, I figured like it would be like, okay. Actually excellent. So those would be like the top three. The worst ones, hot and spicy cinnamon. I think anytime I get a chance to drink that, I will. And cherry cola. And I, I love cherry Coke. I like bottle caps are one of my favorite candies. Keep in mind. So I'm not someone that's going to be like, oh, I don't like it because it was terrible. It was like a fan choice one. And it was horrible. Just, just real quick. Cause I'm sure Sarah probably has some questions. Uh, the, the, the reason that I asked is because, um, uh, Sheen is very well known on Twitter for, uh, <laughs> basically acquiring and tasting pretty much every brand, every flavor of Oreo known to humans. Um, so like, where do you get these? I always wonder that. <laughs> um, every food store. Like I have within like a mile and a half of my house, I have three different food stores and then you go a little further out. There's more and then there's like targets and Walmarts. Um, I, just like it's like every time I go to the food store, it's like one of the first things I check, like just by chance. Mm. Um, if there's one I know is coming out, like I'll like actively look for it a bit more. And now like it's gotten to the point where other people look for them too. My best friend was the one who started this. Um, and so she'll give me a heads up sometimes too, or I'll buy them and then she bring and you know, I bring them to her, vice versa. But even like the Lady Gaga Oreos didn't I didn't find them here for a while. And Allison didn't even tell me she was doing this. She mailed me two of them. <laughs> out of nowhere and one day i get a package i'm like what else is mail me like something i send her gets sent back like i was so confused i open it up and it's just two things of oreos like as a nice surprise but yeah you just like accumulate them as you go you could literally just say any flavor and i would believe you because like some of those flavors you just (laughs) said i i never would have guessed that there was an oreo flavor of that but i guess so there, there usually is you can like name like one sweet thing that you would think of that you would think of like dessert like what's one sweet thing you both would think of Root beer float. There actually have not been root beer float ones, but I would be intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you said the cherry cola. And that's what got me thinking of it. Cause I had never heard of that. I did. I have heard of the dark one. chocolate ones. And I think yeah. the dark chocolate ones are really good. The one I want to ask you about though, is s'mores Oreos. Oh, okay. Because those are good. <laughs> I found them weird. The marshmallow was like little bits were like, or no, maybe it's the hot chocolate Oreo. Those those had like yeah that was like the chocolate and then you saw like the white dust yeah the, it just like s'more Oreos were good yeah no those the hot chocolate was kind of boring and underwhelming and so it was like I think it was 
right now it's strawberry frosted donut. Those are really sweet, but there was jelly donuts, chocolate covered strawberries, and those were underwhelming. But the uh, s'mores Oreos were good. The problem was they missed a massive marketing opportunity. So it just like ruins the flavor for me because if you're going to have s'mores Oreos, you want them to be s'mores. And the fact that they didn't call them that, I just fully couldn't enjoy it. And I'm not one to normally, well, I'm one to talk shit about everything, but I'm not <laughs> one to normally like pick at something and be like, well, it's going to ruin my experience. But like a legitimate, it legitimately did because it should have been called Smorio. It's like, I'm not asking for much. <laughs> of course, now I'm trying to think of like every portmanteau that would work. Like, um, hmm. Well, now we need OVOs, but the Oreo, yeah, the Oreo yeah. version, not like a Cheerios version. Exactly, that'd be sick. Like, 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 would it be alcohol flavored? Oh my god, that would be yeah. so funny. Even if they could do them like just regular like Oreos with like red yeah. filling, you know. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. reminds me of another another terrible one. When I thought of like the color filling, Peeps mm-hmm. Oreos. Those are terrible. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I think I saw some couple other people on twitter trying them and I, I don't think i found anyone who thought they were a success maybe you have to let them get stale because <laughs> <laughs> that's apparently um I, I guess that's apparently the peeps peep strategy for people that like them it is the peep strategy that? i'll i'll eat like my mom sends me an easter basket because i'm a 31 year old child and she sent me exactly four peeps, which is like the optimal number. <laughs> I wouldn't want any more than that. I could have done with less, but and not like not four, but just four birds in oh a Ziploc bag. That was something I like never had until mm-hmm. I was like much older. Because like yeah. I'm Jewish, we don't we don't do that, and they look gross. And my mom would just look at them and be like, "No, I'm not getting some marshmallow." And like she'd be like, "If it's chocolate or something and a good treat, sure," but like. <laughs> Some marshmallow colored things to be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was trying to think of, uh, you know, because, you know, there's so many different things we could talk about. Um, so I guess as, as somebody who, who covers the Rangers, what is it like to be associated with the team that wins the lottery? A lot of our listeners are Red Wings <laughs> fans and, and they'd have no idea what it feels like. And they're probably wondering. It's strange. Um, when they won the second overall pick, I, so I was not, I'm not like this prospect expert. I refer to people who are actually prospect experts, but when the Rangers started rebuilding, I'm like, okay, I'm going to actively work on that, you know, work on that side of my game to, to know what I'm talking about a little bit more. So I started studying prospects. And then when they picked craps off ninth overall, I thought it was going to be Wallstrom. I really thought, so I watched a lot of video on all the prospects in that general area and then with their picks in the twenties. So Kandre Miller, like I was well-versed in like everything he did and things like that. But craft stuff wasn't what I focused on when it was a second overall pick. I started doing my research on seventh, eighth, ninth. Cause that's, that's what I figured as much. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And when they won the second overall pick, I was over the moon because I'm like, cool, I'm going to focus on two players and that's it. I'm yeah. doing my homework on Hughes. I'm doing my homework on Kako. And I had a freaking blast with it. Cause I'm like, I don't need to kill myself over it. These are super talented players that are blessed to watch. And you know, that's, that was it. The fan experience I'm sure was like outstanding. My boyfriend's a huge Ranger fan. We watched the draft lottery together. He was cheering. He was going nuts. And then when it was the first overall pick the next year, um, he's sitting here. He's like, there's no way it happens. And you could see his hopes going up with every pick. 
and he was just losing his mind. And like, you know, that was the experience for so many different fans. Hmm. Um, but the downside of it is the expectations, you know, that that's the killer right there. Um, there's high expectations for every pick in New York. You're in New York, you're in that market, whatever. And I'm sure the same is going to be set for Detroit or any big market or hockey market and things like that. Um, but the thing with it is like when the Rangers picked Leah Anderson seventh overall, that was the highest pick that they had had in so long that there were these crazy expectations on him from day one, especially because he was the NHL ready player. So when the player is first or second overall, not only are they the best player of the draft and the most skilled, they're the ones that are expected to get to that impact status the quickest. So expectations just rise even more right there. So I think balancing that is the challenge of it all. But <laughs> it's so <laughs> But, um, uh, yeah, like I, I think it's a fun experience for fans, but I think that that's the other side of the card that maybe you don't think of until you experience it. And you could see right now with Lafreniere, like there's so many people criticizing every little thing that he does when it's like, well, you're forgetting the context and you're also like, you know, it's a strange year and he he's a kid. You just gotta like relax. And that's, that's the thing. Like you have to have that measured patience along with the excitement. Yeah, Peter and I, you and I, we talk about that a lot. You know, you don't want to be the team that ruined the quote generational player by running them into the ground or running them out of town. And so sometimes <laughs> it's almost like comforting to get, you know, second or third pick because it's a little less, <laughs> a little less pressure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, and you know, the, like the thing with, with prospects, it's, you know, uh, you know, a lot of our guests or not a lot, but you know, you know, every year we have at least a few guests around the time of the draft that are prospects experts and stuff. And I don't know, like, like it just kind of seems to me like that's gotta be so tough. You know, it's gotta be such a tough beat to do because like, nobody's going to remember if you were accurate on like the players that, um, you, you know, everybody thought was like a safe pick, but that like, that's still a guess too. Like, like it's still educated yeah. guess. Um, they're all going to remember like the one player you got wrong, you know, like they're going to remember like the, um, you know, the player that you're like, Oh, I think this player could be really good. And it's like, then they flame out or yeah, you know, I don't really think they should focus on this guy. And then boom, he's like rookie of the year or something like that. Yeah. You know, no matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you try to like evaluate prospects as anybody, like, I mean, you know, professional, you know, GMs and, and you know, their, their staff, they get it wrong. Uh, yeah. No matter how hard they work. Um, so yeah, prospects is, it always seems to me like almost like a, like a, like you can't win. <laughs> like you yeah. kind of can't win. Like, like you can only lose. <laughs> and, and if you're wrong, you know, it, it's just like when you buy something, if you like a product, there's a good chance. Like you'll tell a couple of people like, yeah, this is great. I love it. You're not going to sit there ranting and raving about it a lot of the times, but if you get something that you hate and that's terrible, you're going to let the world know that this is terrible. Don't do it. Blah, blah, blah. People remember the bad more than good. So often, even if the good it's something that becomes ingrained into their day-to-day -day life. So with the prospect, when somebody gets it wrong, it's very easy to remember it. You know, if they can go, especially like for, for like the more data-driven analysts, you know, they're going to look at players um, who maybe are overrated because of their character and whatnot. And that more traditional prospect person is going to be citing that part of their game as a reason to like rise you know, in the rankings, oh, they're, they're future captain, they're this, they're that, they should go 10th instead of maybe 19th. If they're wrong on that, you know, it'll get pointed to. And then on the flip side of it, if 
the analyst is saying don't overrate that and then they end up thriving you know that'll get pointed to as well so i think that's like the biggest thing too it's, it's so tough to get it right you're working with small sample sizes different you know size rings different levels of play there's so many different factors that have to go into it and sometimes the most talented player in the world it just doesn't work and sometimes you know they get thrown onto a team that like the rangers there are other wingers that are higher on the depth chart so they don't need to rush them so their numbers aren't going to be great because maybe they're in a situation that they're not with the top players because they don't want to rush them and then you look at the flip side of it and go what if they're on a team that's absolutely horrible they need them now and that might not be the the best thing for their development but they need them now so they're going to run them into the ground like there's too many different factors to go like oh you're right oh you're wrong like it's like there has to be context with it and that's not saying like someone could actually be a bad analyst or a bad scout that can totally happen but before it's you know judged there's just so many like layers to it yeah because you also you you can have like you're saying the most skilled player in the world but if that's not what your team needs you know Red Wings fans would never have this problem, but say you have a whole bunch of really great defensemen, <laughs> you know, then, you know, on paper, you know, the top pick might be a very skilled defenseman say, that's not what we're going to need. You know, we're looking at a three-year window or we're looking at next year. We need the best of everything right now. So it's, you know, I've said that before. It's always kind of what's best for your team and not only, you know, who has the most goals, the most this, you know, you have to, you have to build a team. And you can't just be like, well, one good guy, Lafreniere, all taken care of. Rangers, (laughs) no problem. Here we come. Plan the parade. The other part of it, too, is like if you're looking at the draft and saying my top player is a winger, like if you're the Edmonton Oilers and you're accumulating all these top wingers and forwards of the year and everybody knew that they needed defensive goaltend, should they have with the second overall pick picked someone who should have gone eighth? Like, no, you shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. You know, you would pick the best player at the time. But general managers need to be smarter with how they use those picks. If you don't think that you should be taking that second overall pick, guess what? There are probably 29 other teams who are 30 teams and going to be 31 who are dying for that pick and will make it worth your while that you can go, well, we're going to move down to eight. We're going to take this NHL ready player. We're going to take this draft pick for them. We're going to package it all together. And like, is it tricky to come out the winner? Of course, but maybe it can suit you. Maybe you can go, you know what? I'm going to get this 23 year old defenseman who we need. We're going to move down in the draft and we're going to assess and address numerous things at once. I think general managers need to be more creative is what like it all comes down to. And um, so many don't think outside the box. And I think that's why like Arzman's exciting because he will, you look at his drafting history and the players he'll go for the players that so many others don't. And they work out because they figure out their, their needs, their wants and whatnot. They'll go for someone who's undersized. If you can get a little more creative with that. And I think Caroline is there too. And I, um, I'm sure Toronto even, you know, everyone wants to like jump on everything that the Leafs do, but like, and rightfully so to an extent. But those teams have like smart managements that are going for those innovative strategies that you can address your needs while still benefiting yourself by just accumulating as many assets as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, for, for other teams in the league, they can almost just, you know, you watch Carolina where on draft day, it's like, I'm just making up numbers. It's like, okay, Carolina's up next with the 37th pick. Oh, they traded down. Okay, then they come around. Oh, they've traded down again. You know, and it's like, and then when the drafts are evaluated, even with trading down so often, they're still almost like, you know, most years in recent memory, they're still like one of the teams that everybody is saying, like, they had the best draft or they had like an amazing draft. And, you know, um, you know, for, for, for people that, that read, uh, articles that, 
you know, winging in Motown, uh, Prashanth lately has been kind of, you know, really showing the, uh, you know, the, the expected value of each draft pick. And I, I'm trying to remember the exact number, but it's something like the difference between the number one and the number four pick is the same as the difference between the number four and the number 116 or something crazy like that. Like it drops off a cliff after the first few picks. Now that's not to say you wouldn't rather have the fourth pick than the hundredth pick because only three other players are off the board and you have like, you know, you don't have to worry about players being taken in front of you, but at the same time, like that doesn't mean that you can't get a good pick four spots later or something like that. Um, You know, we've seen it so often where in a draft, you know, one of the top like three players in the draft is taken outside of the top 10 or outside of the first round, even sometimes. Um, Yeah. I just want to make sure that I can give our, our Red Wings listeners uh, a little bit of hope. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> well, we all, looked, we all look stupid about Maurice Sider. Eiserman made us all look like fools being like, well, why did he take him? And it's like, well, because Ken Holland would have taken him if we didn't. And now he's, you know, separating souls from bodies with his yeah. hitting. And it's like, okay. I, I for one, am, am, something. I am very glad that I am the one that got to write about uh, the first round and, um, and, and that my awful, completely terrible take is going to live on the internet for the rest of time <laughs> immortalized just absolutely yeah. wonderful because it's gms being creative but also gms knowing each other and yeah. kind of knowing it's like well i want this player and mm. can i if i trade down will he still be there no because i know you know the leafs really want him or i know the oil oilers really want him so i guess we're going to stay here it's going to look weird but it's going to work out just wait don't write yeah. any articles, Peter. It's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I have I learned my lesson. I definitely learned my lesson. Um, <laughs> that's, what makes I, it, that's what makes it fun to be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's people who make money to make these decisions, and they actually know more than yeah. we do. Watching and also YouTube the new general manager, too. Think about it. Like, you're so accustomed to looking at something like the general manager that does, and you're like, oh. But now you have someone who's so creative and actually, like, pushes the pace with this thinking that of course it's going to be like a little bit different. So like there's certain general managers, you obviously don't want to trust anyone blindly. And I think it's good to have questions about it, but like, I love seeing general managers do things to screw other teams. And I think that everybody is so careful in this league to not do that. You know, with the expansion draft, it's like, we need to help each other and let's do this on gentlemen agreements. And we're not going to do this to mess with this, but, these are your competitors. Enough. <laughs> you can have a relationship with another team and have a good partnership that you make a lot of deals, but like these are your competitors. And if the shoe are on the other foot, you don't know if they do the right thing. So, like when a team, when the Rangers drafted Kendra Miller, they had a pick, I think that was like two or three ahead, and they moved up because they wanted to draft him and they were worried he wouldn't have been there two slots later. They knew what their competitors were going to do. They moved up. So it's like the only time that anybody's like ever willing to do that and be like, oh, we're going to make sure our opponents don't get to do that. Like it should be in all facets. You're making sure of that because these are your, these are your competitors and no one's going to care that you held someone's hand and now you just lost a great player. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, So before, before we let you go, um, I, uh, I I I prepared Sarah for this. However, she doesn't know anything more than the fact that I came up with one of my dumbass games. Uh, okay, I'm good. 
<laughs> um, it's funny because every time I say this, even though Jay's not on the podcast anymore, um, I always remember his reaction when I told him. Like he 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 sounded excited, but I could tell part of him was like, "Oh God, here we go again." Um, so I, I didn't have time to come up with a clever, clever name for it. Um, so I'm going to call it, uh, based on the Twitter handle for your podcast, Too Many Men, I'm going to call it Too Much Man or Way Too Much Man. Now, okay. just wait. Um, basically, um, in the NBA, uh, the NBA, you know, n- not even just now, but like in history, uh, there have been many tall players, obviously. Um, but some of them are taller than others. And so uh, basically, I, I have put together a list of players, uh, both current and past, um, who are very tall. And some of them are over seven feet tall. Right. So basically, I'm going to give you a player and you have to tell me if they are seven foot and up or just very, very tall, but not seven feet. <laughs> Um, I'm going to try my best. I am not a huge NBA fan. I don't dislike it. I just don't follow it that much. So I don't know, like if some of them are super obvious, I will try not to make it super obvious, but I, it's, I, it's just, I, mean, fun. I would not know. This is going to be me. Yeah. Blind yeah, I don't know anything about, I mean, I yeah. know like basketball, you shoot it. I like women's the, basketball. I don't yeah. know who <laughs> any of the play. I don't know any players. So, yeah. um, so I basically, I, I will tell you the, I will tell you the player. Um, and then, uh, let's see. I will tell you the player, and I will tell you. Um, uh, I, I guess the team, the team, either that they currently play for, or if they played in the past, like the team they 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 played for the longest, so that like they're probably most known for that. Okay. Um, I'm gonna get like a see. score of like a five out of hundred. Yeah. So. Okay. So so I'm gonna give you each five questions, and uh, just in case you're counting, um, it's not guaranteed to be an even number of like seven feet. You know, like like you know, it could be kind of mixed. Um, all it's right. Such so, a teacher thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, all right. So Sheena, since you are a guest, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. Um, okay. So. The first player, and I don't think, I apologize if I mispronounce some of these names. Um, the first player is a current player, uh, currently plays for the Dallas Mavericks before they played for the Knicks for a little while. Kristaps uh, Porzingis He's a player I've actually heard of, but I would be guessing just how tall he is. Over seven foot. That is correct. He is seven feet, ha! three inches. I thought he was seven one. That was one I actually kind of knew. I thought he was seven one, but seven three. Yeah, right. that's 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 pretty amazing. Um, all right, that's Sarah. like two feet taller than me. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, Sarah. So so this next one is uh, a player that currently plays for the Dallas Mavericks. I think actually the, the uh, same team, right? Is it? I forget. I know I just, yeah. You could say yeah, literally yeah. anything. You exactly. can make up a name. You can yeah. make up a team, make up a city. I'll be like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I picked, I literally picked it because of the name. I love this name. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Okay. Bogdan. <laughs> Bogdan. Bogdanovich. Yeah. Um, Bogdan. I'm going to say shorter than seven feet. That's correct. For no reason. That's correct. <laughs> Only six foot six. Okay, good. I, I won't get I won't get shut out. I can get the rest of them wrong. I've yeah. got one. I've got my moral just a victory. mere six six. No big deal. Exactly. So, Sheena, now we are back to you. All right. Oh, this is a good one. Um, 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce the name. I uh, I know his first name. All right. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, right? Current player. I know that. Giannis uh, mm-hmm. with the really long last name. That yeah, I know exactly a. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. I'm going to say he's under. I'm going to guess he's 6'9". Ooh, you are correct that he is under. He's 6'11". Ah, damn. Right I on the like borderline. He's, re- he's a really good player. I know who he is. Yeah. I feel bad because like I, I'm the type of person who like feels like you should know how to pronounce somebody's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like maybe it's this a teacher in the me. sport we cover. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we do what we can. You say yeah. that and you've known like both your players. <laughs> <laughs> I watch, I watch like if I'm really bored, hmm. I will put on men's basketball. I watch women's yeah. basketball. I don't care much about the men's, but the Milwaukee Bucks I actually like, and I know him. So I was like, okay. Got it. <laughs> well, I didn't know that was a team. So <laughs> far ahead. Actually, yeah, yeah, now I'll know for next time. It'll be, uh, it'll be guess the guess if this is a real team or not. I do that to my sister constantly. Cause she does not watch hockey, even though she has to work on like my sites and like yeah. everything. She still doesn't know. Last night I was like, name a Canadian player. And she was like, Oh, Crosby. I'm like, name a Russian player. And she just like stared at me for like five minutes. I'm like, <laughs> You watch the Ranger games tonight. Name a Russian player. And Name a like, Russian player who has a cereal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that about a year ago, I was playing uh, MLB The Show, and I hadn't played a baseball game in years. Um, and I'm pretty sure I was messaging Sarah and being like, oh, my God, these double A baseball team names are amazing. Uh, they oh, my are God. They're incredible. So good. They're great. Um, all right. Sarah, here we go. Um, wait, I found a good one for you. Okay, so this is a player that went to Michigan State. All right, uh, now plays for Memphis. Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr. from Michigan State. Yeah, my dad went to Michigan State. He is not over seven feet tall, but I'm going to say <laughs> this guy is. He is over seven feet tall. Oh no, we have our first oh. miss of the game. Six eleven. Six eleven. So so short. So, so short. I mean. Yeah, you could probably say that maybe he used to be over seven feet and he kind of shrunk a little bit as he as he aged. He's seven feet in heels. Yeah, (laughs) in skates. (laughs) Exactly. Um, All right. Here's uh, Shana. Here's another one. Um, uh, Philadelphia, right? 76ers. Uh, Joel Embiid. Over. Yes. Seven feet on the dot. So I I originally said seven feet or taller. So that is correct. Um, okay. Uh, Sarah, Sean Bradley, Sean Bradley. That's he, a very generic name. Yeah. He played, he played like mostly in the nineties and the early two thousands. Uh, he played for Dallas the longest, but okay. I'm going to say generic name means generic height. He's six foot 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He is seven foot six. Oh, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. He's making, he is. Up, he's making up for that generic name. I feel yeah. really tall. The tallest player in the NBA, just in case if you're curious, um, was seven seven. There are actually two of them: uh, George Murasan and Manute Bowl. Uh, I might have been able okay. to guess that. As a <laughs> well, now our question. listeners know that I'm not. We're not cheating. We're not googling. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Let's see, Shana. So Oklahoma City, Tony okay. Bradley. Under. Yes. Close I'm though. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> no. Whatever comes into my head yeah. first is what I'm going with. Yeah, I mean, most of the the quote unquote games I come up with are literally just coin flips. Uh, usually, they are vehicles for me to make a really bad pun for the title of the game. Um, 
I think that's why Jay used to roll his eyes so much because he's like, okay, what are you calling this one? Uh, okay, let's see. So we have, um, all right, Sarah, you need to get this. I was going to say, I think I'm being eliminated from the uh, the playoffs here. <laughs> We're going to put out your, uh, what was it, Tiki Torch? All right, here's an awesome uh, awesome name that that definitely I would associate with with basketball. Frank Kaminsky. Sounds like a like a classic baseball player. Uh Phoenix Suns. Um I don't know. I guess I have 50-50. Um yep. under. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> 7 feet tall on the dot. I think I've been saying under for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um Let's see. So we have one more each. Uh, Sheena, let's see. I had a good one. All right. Uh, classic basketball player. I've heard of him, but I never would know for sure. Uh, Rick Smiths from the Indiana Pacers in okay. like the 90s, basically. Over. Yes. Seven I feel like foot- if he was a good player back in the day, like they must <laughs> be big because now we have better metrics than just size. <laughs> Seven foot four. There we go. Yeah. All right, Sarah. Last one. Here we go. Let me find. Uh, all right. Dwight Howard, Philadelphia 76ers. I've heard that name at least. Yep. So there we go. Um, now I've got to play the mental game. Are you going to give me one that's <laughs> under? Because I keep saying under. I don't know. I'm going to just say over for a different oh, for a change of pace. No. <laughs> oh no, you did the classic the classic for sure J mistake where he tries to tries to think about how I'm going to uh I'm going to do it and he always talks himself out of the correct answer. Uh, I'm glad I got that first one then. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not totally shamed. So our our big winner is Shana. Congratulations. Yay. Yay. I, I got I got it right with coin flips. My expected height percentage <laughs> off the chart. There you go. I mean, like if you think about it, it was 50-50 normally, right? And uh yeah, you did awesome. Yeah. Um Ask so- my dad, my height perception. I'll be like, how tall is it? I was like, two feet, five feet. Yeah, yeah. How Measuring tall am I? Like how, a hot it, how hot does it go up? <laughs> So, uh, Shana, thank you so much, uh, for joining us again, um, for our, uh, our listeners. If you want to follow, uh, Shana on Twitter, you can follow her on Twitter at Hey Shay, which is H A Y Y Y S H A Y Y Y. Um, have to change that. <laughs> and the, literally uh, my high school handle and it just like it caught and I didn't yeah. change. You Every time probably, I hear it, I'm like, ah. You can probably also message her on AIM Instant Messenger at uh, AOL Instant Messenger at that name, too. Um, <laughs> Actually, probably. From <laughs> probably, yeah. I had so uh, many screen names. I bet that was one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can also find uh, the podcast um, at Too Much Man Podcast, or no, sorry, at Too Much Man on Twitter. Uh, the number two, then an underscore, then much, then another underscore, and then man. Uh, so the number two, also two underscores. Um, and oh, yeah. So I, uh, I'm not sure the easiest way for them to find what is uh, for people who are interested in getting um, face masks or scrunchies, which look really cool. Uh, I'm not in the market for them, but they look awesome. If I were, uh, how can they find those? Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I post pictures of them all the time because I'm super yeah. annoying and a ton of videos. And there's a link 
in my Twitter bio. Um, but if you go on Etsy and you just look up Hey Shea, same as my Twitter handle, it comes up because I decided to make them consistent because they were not, and it makes a huge difference. But yeah, you'll definitely see them floating around. Um, there's scrunchies, there's masks. Uh, I just started zipper pouches, and there's going to be more acid wash soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome back. We are going to finish up by talking a little bit about um, some recent comments from Robin Lehner about the COVID protocols and his, um, you know, frustration about, you know, its impacts on, on mental health and how he felt, um, just as a, as a little summary, if you haven't read it yet, I recommend you do. Um, but he, you know, mentioned that they were told that once player teams were vaccinated, um, I think it was 85% of the team or something like that, that they would start relaxing some of the protocols a little bit, which hasn't happened. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That um, <laughs> for a second, I I went to open up an article so I could kind of see like because I, I I remember what happened. But I was you know I always try to look and see if I can find an article like that has like you know literal quotes and stuff. And when I did, it auto played a video, oh. um, <laughs> and it was super loud. Right? It was like and I was like ah, and then and then I I think I literally like kind of shook my hands in the air. And uh, I, I had to check and see if that recorded. Um, I, I don't think it did. Uh, if it, I guess we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I did not hear it. I was. Okay. I was looking at notes, so I only saw a little bit of a uh, of hand waving. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like this. This definitely. Um, you know, it definitely caused a lot of controversy, and I think. Uh, I actually feel I, I'm I'm very kind of conflicted about this because I kind of feel that well well first of all it's it's really hard to know what exactly happened and what I mean by that is Leonard says that we that basically the players were told that if a team was vaccinated, that the restrictions would be lessened, which makes sense, right? You know, like if you know, if every single person on a team has the vaccine after what is like whatever, you know, 10 days or two weeks or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever they're saying, you know, it's kind of like if uh like right now I'm fully vaccinated. Um, so if I were to you know, as far as I understood it, like now, actually, I'm I'm not doing this, but uh, if I were to like, I could go to somebody's house who is also fully vaccinated. And according to the C- CDC, we can basically, you know, be in the same room without masks together and feel maybe not 100 percent safe, but like very, you know, very safe. Um, and I think I can completely understand why he would be upset. Now, again, the problem with it is, and and I'm not saying he's lying. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is I don't know, you know, I like, would it shock me for the NHL to lie about this? Absolutely not. (laughs) Like a hundred percent. No, it would not. Um, I have no issue believing 
that they promised something like this and then went back on their promise and said they never promised. I have no problem believing it. But again, just because I have no problem believing it doesn't mean it it, it is true. I don't know. Um, and I think it's kind of one of those things where we don't, I, I don't feel like I have enough information to really make like a judgment call on, or, you know, really make a judgment on what I think about it. Um, I will say that I, I completely understand not even just why he's upset say you know let's say hypothetically let's say that that did happen right let's say like what he is saying is 100% true the nhl did make those promises and then they went back on it you know again for the sake of discussion let's say that i would i completely understand why he would be upset i also completely understand why he would be upset if they didn't you know like 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 this is a, a super this is an incredibly hard season um I think I want to give credit where credit's due. I I think it was like Mark Lazarus had this thread on Twitter where he was talking about these quotes. And he basically said, it's important to, to realize, you know, it's important to think about that easily the best call for the NHL would have been not to have the season. Like like that, that was the right thing to do. Obviously financially, they felt that they like, you can, you can tell by the decisions they made they were never going to do that financially. Like they, whether or not it's accurate, they felt like they had to have a season, um, you know, based on all the decisions. Right. But I can completely understand why the players would be upset. I can understand why they would be frustrated. Um, I would understand why they would be, you know, I am not an NHL player. I am not, I don't have nearly as many restrictions as they do, even though obviously I I have restrictions like at school and everything, but it's not the same. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're really restricted when they go on the road and things like that. I can totally understand why any player would have a problem, but then on top of it, you know, Robin Leonard has a well-documented, you know, he's talked about this, about his, his, you know, his history of mental illness. And that is very hard. You know, it's very hard to be isolated like that with that kind of being like, I guess you may maybe call like an exacerbating factor or something like that. You know, it's hard for everybody, but that makes it even harder, you know, and and he's been somebody who's been open about it. And I really respect that. And I like that. Um, So I understand why he's upset, even if, even if the stuff he said happened, didn't happen or, or if he's exaggerating or something like that. Yeah. What I was seeing, you know, I'm not going to put thoughts in his mind or words in his mouth, but that part of the frustration is, you know, it's felt that this isn't, they're saying it's for the benefit of the players, but it's really for the benefit of themselves. Cause it's just easier to lock everything down. And, you know, instead of saying, well, this team is, you know, fully vaccinated and it makes sense that if, you know, they're on the ice breathing all over each other in the locker room, why can't they have dinner together? Just them in, you know, the hotel room when they're already, they've already breathed all over each other. <laughs> if they had yeah. COVID, they all have it. You know, that's, but that requires like thought and looking at the science. And it's just easier to say as a man, like as you know, the NHL is just say no, because it saves them any liability. And, you know, it's, but as, as a player, I can see you be like, they don't care about us. And, you know, you see that with, with the same thing, kind of as concussion issues It's you know, are they, are they doing this out of real concern for the players? Or are they doing it out of concern for themselves? And, you know, I think the impression is it's not so much for the players and, and reading the article, that's kind of what I was getting out of it from him is that, you know, they're not, 
they they're doing lip, you know, paying lip service to saying they're, you know, it's hard. We know it's hard. It's like, do you know it's hard though? Mm -hmm. Like, are you really, are you listening, you know, and, you know, feeling that can be fresh. You know, if you feel like you're not being heard, you know, even if you know, they're not going to do anything, be like, at least show me your listen. Let's do some active listening, (laughs) like actually pay attention to what I'm saying, you know, and he deserves to have other, you know, there's always anonymous sources and, but good for him for always, you know, stepping out and saying it, and he shouldn't have to be, you know, the only one. Um, but like you said, you know, it's can't know what the truth is. There's no real reason for him to be exaggerating. It's not just like, boo hoo, I want to go to the grocery store. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, this is, this is just another, you know, example of the NHL, not truly looking out, you know, for the, for the players, but saying they are. And that was, that was kind of my impression of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with that. Um, I think basically I, I kind of had, had a lot. To say. It was one of those things where once I kind of started the verbal windup, I was like, <laughs> okay, I just been talking for like, what well, feels like 10 minutes straight. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I pretty much said how I feel about it. Um, and yeah, I agree with everything you said there. I think that um I really like the idea you said about the, you know, kind of comparing it to the the head injuries and the concussion, things like that, where, you know, the players do have at least, you know, the players do have a role in it. The players do have some ownership, but at the same time, they, they have less leverage in, in talking about, you know, cause you could say like, Oh, the players agreed to play this season. Well, well yeah, they did. They kind of had to. Yeah. How are they, you know, what did like, you know, the Canucks, did they have an, an opportunity to say, you know what? All of us are in a really bad place. We don't know enough about long-term health implications and just it's safer to shut it down. Yeah. Like, did they, did they really have that option though? No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, like, like, look at, look at the reaction to Tuka Rask last year. Yeah. I mean, exactly. who wants to go through that, you know, and it took a long time for the news to come out, you know, when he kind of explained what actually happened. And the thing is he shouldn't have had to like, he, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, you know, f- for my money, even if he just said, look, I don't feel safe. Like that's enough. That's it. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't have to explain that. Um, I mean, in a way I'm kind of glad he did for the only, like only for the reasoning or only for the reason that, it made the people that kind of gave him all that shit look really terrible. Yeah. And then, I when mean, the maybe story that's, came and out, maybe that's yeah. why I did it. And it's, it's interesting, you know, that it's like, you have to, he had to explain when, if he just said, I have an upper body injury, yeah. I'm out for the season. They'd be like, all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one would ask really, or ask what it was and be like, well, they'll tell us later. Yeah. But that this needed so much, so much explanation. And, you know, it shouldn't have had to be something that makes you know, everyone who was naysaying look horrible. Right. Um, it's like you said, if he's just, you know, if any player's like, I don't feel safe. I don't, you know, I'm afraid that my career will be ended, you know, too early. Yeah. That's, that's more than enough, but exactly. You know, they don't, you know, you don't want to be, I'm sure they don't want to be the one guy who does that and then get accused kind of what we we're saying earlier of the personality thing. You don't want to, you know, that's a negative side to be, 
the one standing alone, which is you know kind of the role that Robin Lehner's taking on here. So before we wrap up, uh, we got a mailbag question this week that I wanted to make sure we got to. Um, so the question is from a prolific uh, question asker, uh, Um I Every time I say that, I'm like, you know, should I be pronouncing this some, somehow? But, um, uh, you know, th- this person asks comments uh, or asks questions almost every mailbag, which is fantastic. Um, so the question here is advanced stats granularity. Um, it sounds like this may be more directed to Peter, but maybe Shana is an analytic p- person too. Now, Shana does like kind of do analytics in her articles. Um, but the way that the conversation and the interview was going, I, I didn't really kind of see like a, a like a way to put this in there. And I figured I would just do this after. Um, so the question is, uh, do they break down stats by leagues as well? For example, um, I imagine that expected goals may be much higher in some leagues, maybe the Q than others, Finland. Um, so I'm going to do that part first. And then there's a second part um, that I'm going to answer as well. So the first one is... Um, it it, kind of depends, right? So um, a lot of, you know, not every league has like the advanced stats that we have come to expect to have uh, access to in the NHL. Um, I do know that some of the leagues will have, you know, like you you can kind of break things down by like, you know, uh, you know, five on five, as opposed to just like, you know, total, um, which is obviously, you know, an improvement. I know, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure some of them you can find like, like possession stats, but in terms of like expected goals, um, I haven't really seen too much. Um, I'm not saying that they don't exist, uh, but I don't think like there's, um, you know, nearly as much of that, that type of stuff, um, in the other leagues. I, I do know, like, if you're talking about, um, uh, juniors, right? Because you're talking about the Q, right? So basically, like, you know, I, I, I'm assuming this would be like uh, looking at either drafted players or players that are in the upcoming draft or, you know, like, you know, future draft and trying to compare them among leagues. So, like, like there is kind of a different answer to this question in that um, some people have done uh, modeling where it's called, they call it NHL e-score. It's basically, I, I think it's like NHL equivalent. And so what they'll do is they'll say like, you know, if, uh, you know, this person scored, uh, you know, 184 goals in the queue, because that's a, typically a higher scoring league. Um as compared to somebody scoring, you know, I don't know, 140 goals in the OHL or whatever. Um, how do those compare? Uh, and so basically it's kind of like a ranking or like a weighting uh, system, if you will. So they'll basically say like, you know, oh, like that would be worth, you know, this many points in the NHL or something like that. Um, so so that does, that does exist to kind of compare the leagues. I don't think it exists on the level of things like where you could find like, you know, OHL expected goals. Although I did a little bit of digging and I know that, that, that at least people are working on it. I don't know how, how kind of well, uh, you, you know, I, I, I don't really know how to evaluate, uh, like the, the quality of it. Um, and, and, and I'm not putting it down. I just don't know. Um, the other question was, um, this person had asked about the uh, something called Magpie score, uh, which uh, apparently, and, and Sarah, you're going to love this. I think I forget if we talked about this. Um, this is me... the first time hearing of it, so okay. I'm, I'm anticipating here. Okay, let me let me find it. 
Um, okay. Magpie score. So, um, oh, it actually stands for something. I missed this before. Um, so, Sarah, here it is. Math adjusted grit player intangibles evaluation. <laughs> now, You're right. I do love it. Yes. Grit and intangibles. You yeah. know how much I love those. Now, there is a, you know, there definitely is, in my opinion, a lot to be said for the idea that we cannot fully quantify a player's impact, or at least maybe I should say it's very hard to, um, because there are some things, you know, I do think that there are probably some players that add value to their team, you know, for kind of that cliche good in the room. Like I do think, I do think it's probably overused, but I do think that there are players who improve the quality of their team on the ice because of like their leadership and things like that. Like, like I do think that exists. I just think it's gotta be incredibly hard to, to quantify, right. For what I imagine are obvious reasons. Um, you know, how do you measure it? You know, uh, especially so, in like juniors, because yes. you think of a locker room guy as like, you know, yeah. in the sunset of their career, mentoring the young guys, you don't say, can this 19 year old be a great <laughs> mentor? Like, yeah as as far as i understand now now here's the problem with this um the the phrase as far as i understand is going to apply to pretty much every aspect of this um and i'll so i'll say why in a second as far as i understand this is meant to be for nhl like like as as opposed to like other leagues like we had just talked about like it's kind of two separate things but I I went onto the I went onto the the Twitter account because like I Googled it and that's what I found. There is a website. It has no write-up. It has no like there's no here's how it works. Here's how I calculate it. Um and again, I don't know the person that did this. Um, I don't want to criticize them too much without knowing, but it does seem kind of strange that there's no you know, like, for example, if you want to if you want to know how the evolving wild war model works, you can read about it. They have this big, long write up where they explain every single decision they make in their model. And, you know, here's why we do this. Here's how this is calculated. And obviously not every single person agrees with every decision they make, but you can look at it and you can find, you know, you can find it. There is no such thing for this. So. I have no idea. Like the answer is I have no idea how accurate this is um, on their Twitter. All they have is, you know, you know, from scrolling is here's this player's score. Here's this team score. It's like, but I have no idea how they got it. Right. So it kind of seems to me like it's, it's very much trust me, which I don't. Uh, and uh, I did ask around to people I know in the hockey analytics community, and it basically ranged from an idea. It basically ranged from a reaction of, I have never heard of this. I, that was pretty much everybody. Um, and the people that had heard of it were, let me just say, highly skeptical uh, to kind of be <laughs> nice. Right. Um, it was, it was not a positive reaction. Um, so I think, I personally put zero stock in it right now. Could that change? Perhaps I would like to see how they're doing it. <laughs> you know, that would be starter. Uh, that would be, you know, step one. Um, so while it is possible that it could have some value, I don't think it does uh, based on everything that I know um, from kind of, you know, looking into it. So, uh, you know, 
And, and the funny thing is that the commenter and I kind of had a quick react, uh, like kind of conversation about this on in the comments, uh, maybe a week or two ago. I forget. Time is time is all relative right now. Uh, <laughs> sometime in the past, and 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 I think I think we both had kind of the same idea. You know, just looking at this, being very highly skeptical uh, without knowing more. So, yeah, both of our suspicions, I think, are true. Uh, <laughs> it's fun, though. Could be fun. Yeah, sure. If, if not, if not valuable, we'll see if uh, next trade deadline, if you start seeing some players, you know, with really high and tangible rankings, be like, all right, whose burner account is this? Is this Jeff Flashville? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> this Iserman's finally finally we found Iserman's burn account. Oh my god. That would be amazing. I'm going to start we'll start some conspiracy theories if nothing else. Yeah, and then and then we have like Gritty is like suing them for like copyright infringement. Yeah. <laughs> trademark infringement right um all right so that brings us to the end of another episode this is fantastic um just so you know a little programming note um we are going to be taking uh probably about a month off which is actually basically just two episodes because we record every two weeks um i uh I, I've mentioned this on on the comments and stuff in in on on uh, Wing It in Motown. Uh, we had a you know, basically my wife's father died recently, and uh, in the next month or so, we have a lot of stuff that we have to do. Um, you know, to kind of take care of the 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 like basically the house is going to be you know their house is going to be sold, and we have to kind of do all that stuff. Um, so because of that, I'm going to have I'm going to be have very little time to record. Uh, and if if we did, I would basically not be putting anywhere close to my full effort into it. And I don't think that that's good. So um, basically, we're going to take a little bit of time off. Obviously, it's not going to be like the last time where it was like a year or whatever. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, so j- j- you know, just so you know, we'll be back. Uh, you know, we'll skip a couple episodes. We'll be back in about a month or so. Um, and then hopefully, you know, from then on, we'll be, you know, every two weeks again, like normal. Uh, hopefully nothing, nothing else happens. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> but if you would like to follow us, um, you can find us. Well, first of all, um, you can subscribe to the podcast if you don't already do that. Um, you should be able to find it on most podcast apps uh, by searching for Winging It in Motown. Uh, basically there's, there's multiple podcasts on this network. Uh, so I think if you search for, for sure podcasts, I don't know if it's going to come up. I don't think it does. At least it didn't used to, uh, but you can find it, uh, winging it in Motown on most podcast apps. You can also find it on Spotify, etc. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, um, I am at P Flynn hockey. Sarah is, uh, at Helmeroids. Our guest, uh, today, Shana is at Hey Shay, which is, um, H a triple Y. S H A triple Y. Uh, that's three Y's, not the word triple and then Y. Uh, and uh, you can follow the podcast at 200 foot pod 200 FTPOD. We have a Facebook page that I, that we kind of rarely use, but who knows? Maybe in the future, facebook.com slash for sure pod. F E R S U R E P O D. And lastly, you can get some merchandise like t shirts and pillows that your dog named Eddie could eat if they want to. I, uh, and that is at tinyurl.com slash for shirts, F-E-R-S-H-I-R-T. So thank you so much. We will see you back uh, in, like I said, about a month or so uh, with another episode. Have a great day. For sure. 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 For sure.
for sure. For sure, 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 for sure. <laughs> exactly oh my god that would be amazing yeah and then and then we have like gritty is like suing them for like copyright infringement trademark infringement right um all right so that brings us to the end of another episode this is fantastic um just so you know a little programming note um we are going to be taking uh probably about a month off which is actually basically just two episodes because we record every two weeks um i uh i i've mentioned this on on the comments and stuff in in on on uh winging in motown uh we had a you know, basically my wife's father died recently and uh in the next month or so, we have a lot of stuff that we have to do, um, you know, to kind of take care of the, 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 like basically the house is going to be, you know, their house is going to be sold and we have to kind of do all that stuff. Um, so because of that, I'm going to have, I'm going to be, have very little time to record. Uh, and if, if we did, I would basically not be putting anywhere close to my full effort into it. And I don't think that that's good. So, um, basically we're going to take a little bit of time off. Obviously it's not going to be like the last time where it was like a year or whatever. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, so j j you know, just so you know, we'll be back, uh, you know, we'll skip a couple episodes. We'll be back in about a month or so. Um, and then hopefully, you know, from then on, we'll be, you know, every two weeks again, like normal. Uh, hopefully nothing, nothing else happens. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> But if you would like to follow us, um, you can find us. Well, first of all, um, you can subscribe to the podcast if you don't already do that. Um, you should be able to find it on most podcast apps uh, by searching for Winging It in Motown. Uh, basically, there's there's multiple podcasts on this network. Uh, so I think if you search for For Sure Podcast, I don't know if it's going to come up. I don't think it does. At least it didn't used to. Uh, but you can find it, uh, Winging It in Motown, on most podcast apps. You can also find it on Spotify, etc. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, um, I am at P Flynn hockey. Sarah is, uh, at Helmeroids. Our guest, uh, today, Shana is at Hey Shay, which is, um, H A triple Y S H A triple Y. Uh, that's three Y's, not the word triple and then Y. Uh, and, uh, you can follow the podcast at 200 foot pod, two zero zero F T P O D. We have a Facebook page that I, that, we kind of rarely use, but who knows? Maybe in the future, facebook.com slash for sure pod. 
uh, F-E-R-S-U-R-E-P-O-D. And lastly, you can get some merchandise like T-shirts and pillows that your dog named Eddie could eat if they want to. Uh, and that is at tinyurl.com slash for shirts, F-E-R-S-H-I-R-T. So thank you so much. We will see you back uh, in, like I said, about a month or so uh, with another episode. Have a great day.